Welcome, everybody. It's time once again for another episode of Sales Pipeline Radio with Matt Hines. Hey, Matt. How are we doing, boss? I'm doing pretty good. How are you today? I'm doing all right. We're still trying uh, to get your guest on the phone here, so we'll have to have you cover and vamp for a second here. I vamp for a second. I can tap dance with the best of them. I can make stuff up. You give me hours of air time. Uh, I got all kinds of hot air for us. So uh, it's funny. I, I, I always prepare just in case something happens, something always potentially happens with folks. Uh, so uh, do we have them? We do. Grant, say hi to Matt. Matt, how you doing, buddy? Good, man. Grant Cardone, thank you so much for joining us in the nick of time. We're going to get right started. Uh, thanks very much, everyone, for joining us on Sales Pipeline Radio. We are here every week live at 1130 Pacific, 230 Eastern. Some of the best and brightest minds in sales and marketing helping you be better at your job. We are super excited today to have Grant Cardone, the Grant Cardone, joining us today who needs no introduction. But uh, Grant, maybe uh, the first question I really had for you was really to have you kind of explain your story. You know, you started in auto sales and, you know, now, you know, years later, books, uh, you know, an entire empire of sales training. It's really quite impressive. But maybe give people a sense for, you know, first of all, where you started. Well, I mean, I started like everybody else. You know, I, I was a kid. I was 15, 16, 17 years old. Uh, didn't want to do hard labor jobs. I grew up in a refinery town and, 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 and didn't just want to do the $15 an hour job. And But didn't know what the alternative was. So I went you know, paid attention to school. Then I went to college, got out of college, and realized I still didn't know how to do jobs that actually paid money. So started reading books and found out, hey, the the, the people that were making money on this planet had upside. Uh, those people tend to be, I mean, you call them whatever you want, but they all end up connected to sales, and they end up connected to revenue, to, to the revenue line. They weren't just working in a company. They were contributing to the top line of the company. And so I'm like, look, if I'm ever going to make money, ever going to have freedom, if I'm ever going to get out of the middle class, uh, have some choices, I have to connect to the revenue line, which is just another fancy word for sales. And um, started learning everything I could about sales, made a commitment to being great at sales, even though I hated it, literally hated. A lot of people don't know this about me, but uh, I, I was very uncomfortable meeting people, uncomfortable negotiating uh, going through the whole sales process, keeping a funnel, prospecting, all the things that are required, follow-up, and just decided, hey, I, you know, the fact that I don't like this uh, doesn't mean that I don't need to get good at it. And and, and I made a commitment to it and got great. Uh, auto sales was like my fifth sales job. I sold clothes and furniture and uh, pretty much a failure at all of them. And then when I made a commitment, I, I, I put my head down and started to learn how to play the game. So I think it'd be interesting for a lot of people that have seen what you've now done with your career in sales to hear that, you know, the, the eight, first of all, you hated sales. And second of all, that you were a failure at sales. But I think if you look at the role of sales and if you've ever done sales, you know that it is not a, always a string of successes, that it, it takes a lot of hard work. You, I mean, we're going to talk a little bit about hustle and t- 10x rule and everything in a bit. But like, what did you learn in that process from someone who hated sales to have become one of the sort of the world's preeminent sales trainers and someone who failed at sales but kept at it until you saw the success you wanted you know i I just remember my dad my dad died when i was 10 years old and he 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 always told my mom i'd hear him tell my mom hey if something happens to me tell those tell the boys we were the youngest if they can learn how to sell they can go anywhere i never i didn't understand what that meant until maybe when i was 30 years old i started my first company and and i was going out to pitch my company to, to, uh, to other companies i was basically it's a business to business sale 
and I had to make a cold call. Nobody knew me. I'd never written a book. I'm 30 years old. I look like I was 20. Um, it's hard. Like nobody likes that. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I'm today, 30 years. I, I'm not without a doubt. I am, you know, without bragging, I'm not the preeminent. I am like even my contemporaries say Grant Cardone owns sales. This, this is my world at this moment. Uh, with all the changes in technology and sales and, and how it's changing and, and affecting people's purchase decisions. and uh, I mean, I understand this space, but what really helped me was what my dad said. And number two, being willing to get great at something I didn't like. You know, I hear a lot of people talk about do what you love and everything else is going to follow. You know, yeah, but somebody's got to sell it. You know, some, somebody's going to have to sell the idea. So whether it's a shift from retail stores to Amazon or whether it's from a horse to, to a car or from taxis to Uber or whatever the next technolo- you know, technological shift is, somebody's got to sell that concept. Uh, I, ra- I raised $107 million for charities in the last 18 months. There's no product. It's, it's an intangible. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's probably, I'm probably top four or five people in the world that raise that much money. Uh, how, how do you do it? You have to understand the sales cycle. You have to understand how to create a lead, how to create urgency, how to handle objections, how to qualify a lead so you're not spending time with people that are unqualified, how to close a deal, how to lock a deal down, how to make sure that deal is closed, how to make a second sale, how to follow it up, and then and then how to how do how do I duplicate that process over and over? We're just talking about business. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, most people think sales is just a dirty word, but it's the top line. Like if you could just wrap your head around this one concept, sales is the top line of every financial statement on planet Earth, regardless of what language is in. Talking today with Grant Cardone on Sales Pipeline Radio. You can learn more about Grant and uh, his business. You get a lot of great feedback, a lot of great tools. GrantCardone.com as well as CardoneUniversity.com. You know, you, you, I like that you're kind of getting into a little bit of sort of how you approach sales. And I, you know, I wanted to ask you sort of how would you summarize your sales approach? I mean, there's a lot of great books that you've written. We're going to get into the 10X rule a little bit. Um, you know, yeah. you, you definitely promote a more, what some people have called more aggressive, a more proactive sales approach, but clearly it's worked. How would you sort of characterize the sales approach that worked for you and it is really espoused uh, throughout your sort of training and vi- well, training well, enterprise? Yeah, that, it's a great question. Number one, it doesn't have any manipulation in it. It is not the old, spend more time with them, the better off you are. It's not even true. That's completely not true. You know, so I grew up in the age of Brian Tracy, Tom Hopkins, and the older guys. Someday one people will call me the older guy, but it was the longer you spend with a client, the better off you are. And and that's not true today. First of all, it's not even good for a salesperson. The longer you spend with a client, the the less chance you have of spending more time with more clients. Time is money. So the longer you spend with somebody, the reality is today, you know, time is the new currency. It's not just money. It's how fast can you service someone. So with the advent of the Internet and the prevalence of information and data, I should should be spending less time with a client to close. So I don't want to spend time unnecessarily with a client any more than a client wants to spend unnecessarily unnecessary time with me. So I would describe my sales process very, very transparent, very authentic, no tricks. Anyone can use it, okay? There's no there's no uh, manipulation at all, and it's shorter. It's much more compact, uh, which leads people to think I'm more aggressive, but I'm not more aggressive. 
You know, I'm just more transparent. Mm-hmm. I, I don't put account representative on my business part card. It says salesperson. Well, and what's interesting is you hear a lot of people espousing sort of sales strategy today, and I think there's one phrase that I hear sort of more frequently recently, it's selling is helping, that you need to be a counselor to your prospects, that you need to be an advisor. The idea that selling is helping may be true, but that doesn't mean you sit back and wait for the deals. And so I think that, you know, even if you're saying selling is helping, you still have to do what you're espousing. You still have to be proactive. You still have to hustle. You still have to provide value. I mean, everything you're explaining is not, this is not, you know, dissonant with sort of selling is helping, is it? Yeah. Well, of course you got to help. You know, you got you got to solve a problem. But I know a lot of helpers out there that can't sell. Right. And I know a lot of salesmen that can't close. And I know a lot of closers that can't follow up. Most people just don't have the whole package. So you can help as many people as you want. It, it still might not be money. I, I know a lot of people that try to help out with charities, but they can't close a qualified prospect on giving money to the charity, or when they do, the guy only gives ten thousand dollars when he could have given a hundred. Mm-hmm. So now, what we're talking about is: do do you have the financial motivation to mix with the sales skills? Because mo- most salespeople actually are you, they're under operating based on their potential. So when I meet a client, I am I am there to do one thing: close a deal. The only reason I determine what their needs are is so I have the right product to put them on. You know, the only reason I find out what they're qualified for and what they need is so that I can actually close the deal. Uh, I got a six-year-old daughter. She, when I come home at night, she says, hey, Papa, did you, did you close the deal today? She doesn't ask me if I sold something. I could sell people and not get paid. So, yeah, yeah, it, it, there's, all, there's so many nice sayings out there. Cold calling is dead. It's a great title for a book, four-hour work week. Great title for a book, but nobody's going to work four hours. It's just ridiculous. Um, uh, selling is helping. Yeah, well, you, you want to make a million dollars? You're going to have to do more than help. You want to make a hundred grand a month? You you need to do more than help. You have to close transactions with qualified buyers. They have to transfer money from them to you, and and then you got to duplicate that. Now that sounds aggressive to people because I'm just kind of cutting through the BS, saying, look, if you're in a sales job and you're underpaid, go get a different job, because because it's a tough job. It's a tough job. You should be paid a lot of money, like a boxer or a UFC guy or a rapper. It's a tough road. It's a tough. It's tough out there on the road, right? All the rejection, all the turndowns. You should get paid a lot of money for that. That means you need to get great, connect with the money, get transparent. I mean, again, speed is currency. Uh, you need a lot of clients in the pipeline. You need margin and you need volume. Talking with Grant Cardone today on Sales by Brian Radio. We're going to be back in just a couple minutes uh, with some. We're going to talk about uh, some of his books. Talk about the 10x rule. Talk about the importance of process and hustle. Got a lot more. Really excited to have Grant Cardone with us today. We'll be right back. Pay some bills. Sales by Brian Radio. Struggling to align your sales and marketing teams. Maybe you're attempting to implement an ABM strategy in your organization, or your content is underperforming. Whatever the challenge, Heinz Marketing has some great on-demand workshops to help. All of them are fully online and on-demand, so you can access the content whenever you want. You will also receive an interactive workbook, the presentation slides, and templates, all for $195. Visit www.heinzmarketing.com slash workshops. That's H-E-I-N-Z marketing.com and get started now. 
In a world where the speed of innovation and change in B2B marketing has never been greater, the only thing bigger is the need for clarity, for a blueprint, for a guide, to what's really working and how to apply it specifically to increase sales pipeline growth, velocity, and conversion. That's what you'll find in the Modern Marketer's Field Guide. Download it free at HeinzMarketing.com. All right, back to Matt and his guest. Thanks very much, Paul. Thanks again very much, everyone, for listening to us. If you're listening live, I appreciate you joining. If you're listening to us on the podcast, thank you for subscribing. You can find Sales Pipeline Radio in every future episode straight to your smartphone, straight to your computer at Google Play and the iTunes Store. Every episode, including today's episode with Grant Cardone, all of our past episodes, all our future episodes, you'll find on salespipelineradio.com. And back with our guest today, Grant Cardone. And Grant, I really appreciate your candor and transparency around what it actually takes to do sales, right? I think I think a lot of people that talk about whether it's selling is helping or want to talk about sort of providing value to your customer and making sort of a mutually beneficial transaction. Well, of course, that's what you want. And you're not going to be successful yeah. in sales long term if you don't do that. But you still have to put in the work and you have to put your hard hat on every day and 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 and, and hustle. And you talk a lot about hustle as part of that as well. But, you know, but I, I talk a little bit about the importance of hustle and process that you've mentioned already to get to that level of success. So, so, so you, and it's great. I really appreciate what you're asking here. Let's just go back a second about the 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 uh, uh, helping uh, selling is helping. I mean, like, who doesn't know that, <laughs> right? I mean, that's an obvious thing. It's like, oh, you got to build value for the customer. Oh, everybody knows that. Ninety nine percent of all salespeople are good people, right? So we're telling people to do things. To me, I don't. I don't know why we're spending time talking about like leadership. I own five companies. I never talk about leadership. And the reason I don't talk about it is because I lead my company. And the people that are talking about it might not be leading. So so I think the, the point I'm making is I don't want to play games with the customer. I have to help the customer. Everybody knows that. I have to build value. How, but the question today is how do you do that when people have less time, they're more knowledgeable? This isn't 40 or 50 years ago. Nobody had information about anything. Okay, I got competition everywhere. Margins are shrinking. Okay, what is the value proposition for the salesperson? It is service. It is, can I answer questions? Can I put them on the right product? Can I shorten their time? Can I build certainty for the client that's not certain? You know, people go to Macy's today to buy something on the Internet. The reason they went to Macy's was to become certain about that black shirt or those black tennis shoes to make sure they fit in the nine and a half, and then went to the net and bought them. They made the trip to the to the to the Foot Locker only to try them on, and then left without a close, because the person that met with them doesn't provide value, doesn't create certainty. People close when they're certain, and they shop when they're not. And the salesperson, or the organization's job, is to raise certainty. So we're talking to to sales organizations about a lot more than these simple sayings like. You know, helping is selling and build rapport. I mean, if you just look at things like building rapport, do customers really want to build rapport with me? Uh, you know, do, do, if they call my office, are they calling to get to know the person that answered the phone? Or do they want a product or service and to know how much it's going to cost them and whether or not they're on the right product? So, so that's all we're saying is we don't waste time on things like 
tonality, like the, the, I think the Wolf of Wall Street guy, the guy that got convicted of you know stealing hundreds of millions of dollars and never paid anybody back, is out there pitching that you should match personalities. I, I don't spend any time trying to match people's personality. My personality is my personality. You're going to like it or not like it. Here's my product. It'll solve your problem. This is what it's going to cost. If this doesn't fit, once you try these two things, and that either works or it doesn't work, and I got to go move on. But the last thing I want to do is change my personality for every different customer that comes in. Talking to Grant Cardone today on Sales Pipeline Radio. If you like what you hear, definitely encourage you to check out grantcardone.com. He's got a lot of great information, great blog, tons of training events coming up, great free ebook, uh, set of free ebooks as well. Uh, Grant's written a bunch of books on sales over the last several years. And the one that I would point you to first, the one that I probably got the most out of was the 10X rule, the only difference between success and failure. And, you know, what this reminded me, and I think a part of what we're talking about here is that it takes work to be successful in sales. I mean, there are are no shortcuts and this isn't something you put work in and then you coast this is a level of sustained effort talk a little bit about what the 10x rule is talk about what you mean by massive action and how that that yeah. system and that process leads to sustained success for salespeople yeah, so, so one, one thing that 10X Rule talks about, and by the way, that book has become like an international phenomenon. It's been translated into seven languages. People all over the world read the 10X Rule and or listen to the audio program, uh, which is available at Amazon or Audible or wherever you get your, your audio programs. While it's true that it takes a lot of effort to succeed, one of the things the book says that a lot of people got a lot from was it takes more energy to just get by, and it takes even more energy to fail. You know, we always talk about, oh, successful people work so hard. People that fail work hard, too. Mm -hmm. Okay? The people in the middle between the failure and the successful, in the middle, the the, the average people, if we will, for, for lack of better words, they, they work hard, too. The problem is only one of those three groups gets paid. You know, and it's not in the middle, and it's not at the bottom. It's at the top. So the people, if you study across all industries over the last thousand years or however long man has been on this planet, the only people that you and I know where we both can share their name, whether it's Jesus or Steve Jobs, and I know those are, you know, like, that's a big range, right? Those, just those two individuals, okay, took massive action. Both of them have that in common, okay? They had different missions, different times, but all famous people, Martin Luther King, John Kennedy, you, you, all the famous people, the Elvises, took massive action, and that's why we know them. It's not because they were ta more talented. It's not because you agreed with their message. Uh, they persisted through time. Walt Disney, tremendous activity. And so if you want to be successful, even in sales or as a dad or as uh, in the at the bank or in golf you got to do something you got to do it over and over how you want how do you get good at something you do it over and over and over and over again and you do it at massive levels so the 10 rule is really saying that people underestimate the amount of money it takes to be, truly be happy that's why people say money won't make you happy i'm like you don't have any money how can you you, you know the money you have is worry money uh, uh, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like a guy told me one day, he's like, I'm making 25 grand a month. I'm making 300 grand a year. I said, you have just enough money to worry about it. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, I'm no happier than when I was making a hundred grand. I said, bro, all you got is worry money. You got baby money. Okay. You have enough money right now to be worried. You got two cars, you got a nice house, you got debt on your house. Your kids are going to go to good schools and you're just worried about the money. Will it last? So, the 10x rule is about people don't pop out the top. 
And because they never pop out the top, whether it's work, effort, dad, money, sales, or whatever, because people don't pop out over the top at, at an obsessive level where, where, where people are actually commenting about your work ethic. Wow, you, you're the hardest working guy I know. If they're not saying that, you're just in the middle. Mm-hmm. Your problem, your, your money just drives you to their problems in a limo, right? So that doesn't necessarily solve the problem. Well, I mean, look, the, the, the reality is there's only about 1% of the entire population of planet Earth that should be given any advice to anyone on money. Okay, And most of those people are not on TV. That would exclude all millionaires, by the way, from giving any advice on money. Millionaires should not be the people you get your advice from. Absolutely. Well, we're going to wrap up here in just a couple minutes with Grant Cardone. Really excited to have him here. If you want to check out more from Grant, go to grantcardone.com. Really, Grant, appreciate you jumping on the the show with us. I know you're on the road, so appreciate that. you got a lot of stuff coming up. I know next week you've got uh, your sales boot camp. You've got the 10X Growth Con uh, coming up next year. That's uh, that's one of your big annual events. What are some other things people should pay attention to if they want to learn more from you moving forward? Well, I mean, whatever your favorite social medium is, you know, Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, YouTube, wherever wherever you are online, if you just plug in my name, you'll find me. I mean, I'm I'm probably top three or four, maybe five social media people in the world. It's all it's all very heavy content driven. We give information away free every day. If your company's you know really really committed to to doubling, tripling, or quadrupling your sales, get on Cardone University. It is the most used entrepreneurial sales site uh, educational portal in the world. Uh, 30 million lessons have been delivered there. And and if you want my company to help your company go to the next level, I've worked with Toyota, Chrysler, Nissan, every automobile manufacturer, Ashley Furniture, uh, Morgan Stanley. We're talking about multi-billion dollar companies that are interested in more billions. They're not interested in increasing their sales. They're mm-hmm. interested in how do I how to sprint, you know, dominate AT and T. That's what they're interested in doing. They're playing at very high levels and they're willing to look at their sales process and figure out how to make it shorter, better for the customer and better for the for the organization. Awesome. Well I really appreciate you coming on. I know you're traveling. We're gonna let you go. Thanks so much you again, Grant Thank Cardone, you so much for, for joining me, us okay? today. Thank you. If you'd like want to hear more from Grant, if you want to hear a replay of this conversation today, share this with other people in your organization. You can check that out in a couple of days at salespipelineradio.com. You can check it out uh, on our uh, podcast as well at Google Play and the iTunes Store. Make sure you join us next week. We're going to be here every week throughout the summer and into the fall. Sales Pipeline Radio, 1130 Pacific, 230 Eastern. For my producer, Paul, thanks very much for joining us. We'll see you next week on Sales Pipeline Radio. You've been riding along on the sales pipeline with your host, Matt Hines from Hines Marketing, right here in the Funnel Radio Channel for at-work listeners like you.